Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. This morning, our lesson comes from the 13th chapter of Mark's Gospel. You will see verses 24 through 27 on the screen. And then after that, I'm going to keep reading down verse 32 through 37. Hear these words. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Now starting with the 32nd verse. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at the dawn. Or else he will find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There was no more pressure in my life than the Christmas of 1989. Our first Christmas together in the thriving metropolis of Arcadia, Louisiana. Andrew particularly had requested a gift from Santa. A teenage mutant ninja turtle blimp. Now, I don't know if any of you had children who were into teenage mutant ninja turtles and their blimps. But I will tell you, stamped across the side of that box was the lie that is told every Christmas. Some assembly required. It's not the truth. I opened the box about midnight and started digging in. There were 411,000 parts that acquired some assembly. And I dug in. Now, I don't know if you've ever been a preacher on Christmas Eve, but you've done one, perhaps two worship services, and you're just a little bit pooped, and you're ready to go to bed. But Tamara said, no, 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 Mr. Andrew needs to find the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle blimp fully assembled under the Christmas tree. It was about 4.30 when I finished assembly. And then, 
And then the teenage mutant ninja turtle blimp had to have all the stickers put on it. 200 stickers that had to be put in just the right place. At 5.30, I fell into the bed exhausted for some sleep. At 5.45, the kids woke us up because Santa Claus had come and left toys under the tree. I spent that Christmas morning exhausted, y'all. I just couldn't think straight. I was so tired. And every Sunday when we come to the first Sunday of Advent, we read one of these passages, either from Matthew 24, Luke 21, or Mark 13, the first Sunday of Advent, that Jesus tells us the same thing. Keep awake. And I always think about how tired and how exhausted I was on that Christmas morning, 1989. For those of you who like the New Common Lectionary, today is the first Sunday of the brand new church year. It is year B for you lectionary aficionados, and I thank God that the lectionary year year A 2020 is over. Good riddance to 2020. I don't know what you're planning, but December 31st, I'm staying up all night to make sure that 2020 actually leaves. I don't want it to come back. It has been a tough year. It has been a year in which suddenly we understand these, what are called apocalyptic passages of Scripture, where Jesus predicts the end of time. This morning, I got up in my usual early hour to come in and do the final work on the sermon, and one of the things I do is scroll through the internet feed. And being football season, I have to scroll through and see who won and who lost and what Coach O and Nick Saban had to say. And I was scrolling and I came across a news feed, a world banner headline. We could face apocalypse by Christmas. Uh Uh-oh, apocalypse by Christmas. This is not good because I have a lot of sins to confess before we get to the apocalypse. But I read further. It was a doctor. And the doctor was predicting an apocalypse by Christmas. And I read further. It was a trauma surgeon. Oh, trauma surgeon. And I read further. A trauma surgeon in San Francisco. And then I decided, I'm going to look this Bubba up and see what he's a trauma surgeon of. So I looked him up. He's indeed a trauma surgeon and he is a professor. Yes, he's a professor in a medical school. He teaches diversity, equity, and inclusion. If I go to a trauma surgeon, I want them to know about holes in the body, broken parts of the body, and how to mend the body. So what I'm telling you is Jesus said this is going to happen to you. There's going to be wars and rumors of war, pestilence, false prophets are going to arise and announce the end of time. Don't listen. What? 
Don't listen. The end is not yet. And that's how we start Advent. We light the first candle. We sing some almost Christmassy songs. People look east. I love that song. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. It's an Advent song, but I know that the church is getting ready for Christmas. But isn't it true? When we reach this time of year, you want us to sing, Oh, Holy Night. And little town of Bethlehem. And joy to the world. And silent night because we would just like to get rid of Advent and go straight to Christmas. We're not too sure about this purple season of preparation. We're not too sure about this passage of scripture that I read this morning. About suffering and the sun being dark and the moon not giving his light and the stars falling out of heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. We're not so sure about that. And that's how we face apocalypse with either apocalyptic enthusiasm or jaded cynicism. Apocalyptic enthusiasm. You remember 2011, a fellow named Harold Camping? Harold Camping got all of his followers to put billboards up throughout the United States. Jesus is coming back. And he actually put a date on it. Jesus is coming back May 2011. May 2011th got here. The specific date came and went. And Harold Camping got on television, got on YouTube, did whatever a prophet does who's predicted a wrong date. He said, oops, I made a mathematical error. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back in October of 2011. So they scratched out May of 2011 on the billboards, put October 2011. October 2011 came and went. And Harold Camping came back to the internet and came back online and he says, I'm not going to predict any more dates because I got it wrong. And we in the church have heard those dates predicted. And if you've lived long enough, Harold Camping was, was one in a long line of people who predicted the end of time. But Jesus says of that day and of that hour, the son doesn't even know, but only the father. The church fathers... The Reformation leaders, even John Wesley himself, didn't pay too much attention to the book of the Revelation or the end of time. Their thesis was you need to pay attention to the life of Jesus Christ and you need to pay attention to how he told you to live day by day. Don't worry about trying to assign a date. Don't worry about the signs or portents in heaven and trying to figure out what they're all about. Just live with the faith that one day Jesus Christ is coming back. In the meantime, you need to live richly and fully today trusting in the Christ of Bethlehem. You need to live richly and fully today trusting in the one who died for your sins.
earlier in this year in the spring when the COVID really started rolling and we were all shut down, I received a text message from one of those great church members. She is a very non-anxious presence. She doesn't worry too much about things. She reads the Bible, prays every day. She's in touch with God. And she said, Doug, is this the fulfillment of the book of the Revelation? Are these the pandemics that are talked about in the book? And there's a lot of that kind of writing today. We have a doctor. You'll find the news feed when you go home that talks about we could face an apocalypse by Christmas. And people are afraid. And I appreciate you on Sunday morning being in your mask and being safe and and taking care not only of yourself but of each other. And, And I appreciate your approach to this. 2020 was not really a surprise. Jesus said, you're going to have days like this. You're going to have years like this. But what can we learn from it? Practically, 2020 has given us an opportunity to reset. Whether it's our business plan, our life plan, or our church plan. We have the ability now to push the mulligan button, to say there's some things I've learned about what I am doing or what we are doing together that have not been healthy and not been holistic. Let's do something different. Perhaps in your own life you've learned that you were unnecessarily busy. You have rediscovered family time. You have rediscovered meals around the table. You have found within your kitchen there are other things other than a microwave with which you can cook. You've rediscovered your family. Perhaps in your own spiritual life you've discovered there is time to read scripture. There is time to pray. There's time to to be quiet and to be still. In church life, we found that the COVID pushed us into the 21st century. Ah, the church didn't want to go there, but COVID pushed us there. And we're discovering some of the joys of reaching out to a congregation that they're faithfully participating in the church. They're not here this morning. They're watching. And they are faithful in their attendance. And not only are they watching singularly, they're doing watch parties where they call their friends and say, come watch church with me. So as we approach 2021 in a new church year, hear what this last part of the scripture tells us. Keep alert. Keep awake. Folks, we need to be flexible. We just need to be flexible and relax. The way we've always done it is not necessarily going to be the way we're going to do it moving forward. There are going to be some great traditions we're going to get to keep. There are going to be some great traditions that are going to change just a little bit. 
there are going to be some great traditions that you're going to discover can be done a new way. And you have been so flexible. And I just pray that you will pray for the gift of flexibility. Second, be faithful. You know, that 27th verse, God will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. You have not been forgotten. Jesus still knows you're here. Our Lord and our God was not surprised by this and knows his church has been left in the midst of this and trying to figure out how to be faithful and how to be safe and how to keep members safe within the confines of how we're operating. And then be watchful. Be watchful and alert. Because you might miss the baby of Bethlehem. That's what Advent does. It calls our attention to this apocalyptic ending as we prepare to meet the baby again. Stay awake and stay alert. And when you go home today, flip over to the 14th chapter of Mark's gospel, ironically the 32nd verse, and read the story of Jesus in Gethsemane. Jesus in the 32nd verse of the 13th chapter three times will tell the disciples, be awake, stay alert, pay attention. And three times in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus comes and finds them asleep. Do we need to learn something from that? What opportunities are available to us as individuals? What opportunities are available to us as a church if we will stay awake, if we will pay attention, if we will keep alert to the presence of Jesus Christ in our world, to the presence of Jesus Christ in our daily lives? So the prophet Isaiah wrote to the captives. Right in the middle of the Babylonian captivity, their temple had been destroyed. And the 13th chapter of Mark's gospel starts with Jesus saying, look guys, look at all the beautiful stones on the temple. Not one of those stones will be left upon another. The temple is going to be destroyed. Can you imagine? Where you center your life, where you center your hope, where you center your faith is going to be destroyed. And the disciples say, when will this happen? And Jesus in the 13th chapter of Mark weaves two questions together. When will the temple be destroyed and when will the Son of Man come again? And that's why you read Mark 13 and you go, what is, which one's Jesus talking about? But in the 40th chapter of Isaiah, the first temple has been destroyed. The people of Israel have been taken captive. They are in a foreign land under foreign powers. They are not allowed to worship. They are not allowed to gather as family. They are not allowed to have meals together. They are not allowed to do anything that held them together as the people known as the Jews 
They're not allowed to do anything that was sacred and holy to them. And they're crying out to God, where are you? And why has this been allowed to happen to us? The prophet answers, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. He gives power to the faint. He strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary. And the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That strength, that power, that presence is available to you. And the one we know is Jesus Christ. Oh, my brothers and sisters, keep alert. Keep awake. Again, Jesus says to us, keep awake. Because you don't want to miss the baby. That will strengthen you. That will sustain you that will walk the journey that is this coming year with you. Would you stand and pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for the journey we travel together. We thank you for this journey that leads us to Bethlehem. And we pray particularly in this year with all that's going on to bring upheaval and chaos to our world and to our schedules that we will prepare a place in our hearts for the babe of Bethlehem, Emmanuel, God with us. Hear and grant our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.